What is going on, UGA fans? This is the UGASports.com post-game overreaction show, also known as the POS. We appreciate you joining us. Happy New Year to all of you guys. Uh, as the ball was dropping in New York City, the ball was flying off the foot of the Ohio State kicker left, and Georgia wins 42-41. I'm joined by Trent Smallwood, writing a bowl, so he'll be with us later. And as always, guys, you can join us uh, clicking the link in the description Trent, I don't know what time I'm getting out of here. I got to drive back to Flowery Branch, but uh, man, what a win for the dogs. Can you go ahead and talk about that so I can tweet this out while, uh, while we get going? Yeah, I mean, when, when it looked like uh, Georgia was uh, pretty much out of the game, um, uh, you know, that Ohio State's up by, I think, what, 11. They're driving. Uh, they punch it in the end zone right there. They go up 18. Georgia holds them to a field goal um, on that, you know, questionable targeting call. Uh, that they had down there and uh, and hold them to a field goal there, uh, 14-point game. And then, uh, you know, Georgia comes down. It looks like they're 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 going to score. They have to settle for a field goal after, a uh, you know, kind of a botched play when they're on the two-yard line. Again, it looks like Georgia's out of the game. And then Stetson Bennett, that, like, pulls a – he all of a sudden <laughs> comes – becomes, you know, the Stetson Bennett that we've come become – accustomed to i mean he, he looks like he's just uh just terrible out of sync and then all of a sudden he just comes up to be the savior making throws that the aaron Rodgers makes on sundays yeah uh the the last that drive that you brought up trent I, we're going to deep dive into all this stuff guys and we'll be on for a while but that drive trent's referring to where they kicked the field goal i was a little hesitant on that because it only brought you to i think it was 11 was it not yes yeah, yeah. so they were they were down 14 uh right play call by Kirby Smart. And then I tweeted it out, but I think it was probably the timeout of the century on that fake punt where Kirby called that timeout because if Ohio State ends up getting that first down, which they were going to, I mean, they clearly got it there. Uh, I think that game changes completely. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're a Dogs fan, man, I mean, this is up there with the Rose Bowl game, in my opinion. I mean, you have just think it was two plays like that. It was yeah. the it, it was the timeout that Kirby called. They, they got the fake punt. Then Kirby called the timeout before they punt it. Georgia scores on the first play to Arian Smith on a busted coverage. And yeah. that that exchange right there is the difference in, in the game. And I know I know Stetson made some unbelievable throws in that last drive. Uh, one being the Brock Bowers. Uh, the other one being to Kyrus Jackson over the middle, beating cover two right up the seam. I mean, th those two throws are NFL throws. I mean, th those are the throws you see on Sundays. Um, but, I mean, yeah, uh, Stetson Bennett did it again. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, a name that uh, Georgia – a guy Georgia really needed to come through in these playoffs, and he did it again. Yeah, I mean, it started off going to him immediately, right, uh, first couple plays, and then – didn't see him for a while. He catches that final touchdown uh, for Georgia. I mean, just overall, just an incredible, uh, you know, amazing day of college football in general. The, those two Georgia's games game. are the best two playoff games that oh, we've had yeah. in the uh, in the playoff era. Just just yeah. with back to back semifinal games. And and yeah. looking at the games, you wouldn't think that. You would have thought, well, Georgia Ohio State probably pretty good, but Michigan TCU, Michigan's going to dominate. Uh, but I had a feeling TCU was going to keep up with them throughout the week, and uh, and they end up pulling up the upset. So uh, a lot of people wanted Ohio State, Michigan. You got the opposite. You got Georgia TCU and National Championship. You did, and uh, like Matthew Cotton said, uh, I think it said it's five thirty over where he's at. He's over in uh, England. 
called it and calling it the miracle at midnight. I love that. That. that uh, but what's funny is my wife sitting here next to me watching uh, on Facebook, uh, watching or watching on the, her phone the, the the countdown. And as it goes yeah. like three, two, one, the kick goes up, hooks left, and I'm like, that couldn't have been any more t- better timing than what just happened. Like right. you have to have video re- review to see what 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 uh, happened first. Yeah, did did it happen on January first or did it happen on December thirty first? Right, right, right. Uh, guys, if you're with us, you can. Join the stream, you know, by clicking the link in the description. It is there. I'm sure we're going to have Eddie from Ackworth on. We're going to have Anthony on. We're going to have uh, maybe Andy Stowe if he's watching. Also, guys, the best thing to do is to put into the comments. If you're not going to join the stream, put your questions in there. We'll make sure to get to them. Also, let us know where you're watching from. I'll put everybody up on the screen so you don't feel left out. Chip Hall says, uh, I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack. Then I thought I was going to puke. Emotional damage, but a dub. Yeah, I had a lot of text messages. I still have a ton of them to go through because after the game, Trent, uh, what happened was we we're sitting up there, and then I said, "Oh man, I can go get some video on the field." So I ran on it. I'm still sweating, dude. Like I'm, I'm still profusely sweating right now. I uh, ran on the field, got some videos, cool videos for you guys. We'll have up on the on the website, uh, UGA Sports uh, YouTube. But man, what a game! We've got John here. John is a uh, regular on the show. John, you staying up late with us tonight, man? What a what a game, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year, fellas. Yeah, you too. Um, couple things. Um, I, I I love Delta Airlines, but golly, you should have seen what it, what what the price just jacked up to. Good, did God. it? Did uh, it? Going to cost you about twenty seven hundred to leave on Saturday and come back on Tuesday. What was it before? I think it was around two grand. Oh boy, um, seven hundred dollars uh, spike. Yeah, a couple things. I don't think we can play any worse, so there's that. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, continue. Can people continue to doubt number 13, and I'm, I'm guilty of that too. But Oh, I am too. I, I tweeted it out during the game. I was like, what's going on with him, man? He didn't look right. I think it was the interception. He didn't, wanna, he didn't want to move the ball at all. He was staying in the pocket way too long, looking through reads. There, there were some times where just they didn't have anybody open downfield. Yeah. Darn the losing Darnell. Oh my totally god! Totally put that whole offense out of sync. They had yeah. to go back to step one. And uh, I mean, playing playing without Darnell, who who you run the basically you run the whole offense through. Um, whether it be blocking, um, whether it be going out uh, for catches, whether it be throwing screens out to receivers and him blocking on the edge, the whole offense was ran through Darnell. And it looked like they when they lost Darnell, they were kind of in up in shambles with PlayCon. Yeah, and and you got to think that. I hope that we're going to see more of a Michigan-Georgia game that we saw last year in this national championship game because you can – you know they're going to get – they're going to wear it for about six, seven days before they leave. Yeah. I, I, and and I saw some – and I'm not going to take credit for it. Uh, it said that Chris Weber may have had the worst timeout in sports history. <laughs> that changed the game. Oh, Yeah. Marvin Harrison going out probably changed the game ultimately from X's and O's. But they get that first down. They're up 11 at the 50-yard line, what, midway through the fourth. It's, it's probably yeah. a ball game. I, I wrote it down, John. Eight minutes, 58 seconds left, fourth and one. Kirby calls timeout, and I just put dot, dot, dot behind it because I really think, like, there's no way you come back if they convert that first down. Uh, even if they go kick a field goal, whatever they get from that, even if they go take four minutes off the clock, three minutes off the clock. I mean, we're talking about precious time there uh, that, that the dogs couldn't get back. 
I heard a couple guys, I guess they were Ohio State beat writers. I didn't know who they were heading down to the field with me in the elevator talking about how the kicker for Ohio State just – they knew he couldn't kick that from 49 yards. Like that, that was a thing. I think his long of the year was 47, and they tried to get two pass plays right there at the end, which ultimately I think hurt them. It, which I, I thought Georgia ran a defense right there at the end that they should have ran a lot more is running that all out. I mean, they, they were basically – Yeah, they screamed at them. They screamed and, at them. And they mixed up their looks. They ran man. They ran his own blitz. But they were sending six. And, and you know, when you sent six, uh, C.J. Stroud struggled. Uh, I think it was one that you, you let him sit back there and just pick us apart. And I know some of that's on the secondary, but you, you can't expect – I don't care if it's Keely Ringo or Kamari Lasseter or uh, whoever it is, you can't expect them to cover Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and for five to seven seconds. That's just not going to happen ever. No. Yeah. Last thing I'll let you go uh, – um, appreciate you having me on. Jalen Carter looked like he was sucking wind all night, and they referenced it on the TV. And I don't, I, I don't want him to be sick, but you almost hope something was wrong with him because going out to California, it's, it's probably going to be. It is inside, right? It's retractable. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be. I don't know if they're going to retract it or not. But yeah, it yeah. is. But I'm I, again. I'm prejudiced saying I hope nothing's wrong with him, but you almost hope that he was under the weather a little bit because he was sucking wind all night. And, 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 you know, granted, he dealt with double uh, double teams most of the night, and, and he dealt with uh, being held most of the night that wasn't called. Um, yeah, I think – I don't know about uh, whether or not he's got a little illness or something, but I know he's he's one of the defense linemen that's dealing with a lot more than the other defense linemen just with the, the double teams and the um, – and, and he was held. He was held in that long run by C.J. Stroud and the, right there in the, on that last drive. Yeah. Well, happy new year, fellas. See you, bro. Yeah, man. Happy new year. Jeremy said, I had to wake up at 345 here in Djibouti, Africa, and regretted it multiple times. Go dogs. Uh, I will say I have a video, Trent, of Todd Munkin hugging Jalen Carter's neck and saying, no matter how much money you make in the NFL, it's the memories like this here that you're going to remember forever. I'm going to post it to our uh, YouTube pages. Haven't had time yet, but got a lot of people waiting. Let's get Jeremy in here. Jeremy, what's up, man? going on guys man i i was like roddy the inner months and i thought we were finished uh it was and honestly there was you know there was no reason for us to win this game it just none of the breaks were going our way uh it wasn't really i think what until that uh overturned targeting call that bullard had on harrison that i think we finally caught a break and then also the pass where bowers was able to reach for the first down like we were i don't know we were not getting any breaks that I could remember up until that point. Ohio State was getting everything. Here's here's and, a question for you, Jeremy and Trent. If this game is not which it was, so it you know it's a catch twenty two question. But if this game is just a regular SEC game or a regular ESPN game, you don't have that many camera angles. You definitely don't have that vertical first down line that that you had there. If this isn't a college football game, that's probably calls as it stands on the field. You don't have that many looks. You don't have that much technology, right? Right. Right, and then this this was the complete opposite of the Tennessee game. You know, we weren't at home, really. We weren't getting enough pressure the way we did against Tennessee and Hooker. And just we just – a lot of things would just went against us tonight. And I'll tell you what, something else, uh, something small I noticed, and I don't know if anybody – if it um, stuck out to anybody else. I swear, there was at least a few times Ohio State looked like they were getting a hair of a second head start on the snap. I saw that a couple times, yeah. I did yeah. see that. Uh, you know, you know. Ultimately, I guess you know, all's well that ends well. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, the, and then what uh, Trent said, the timeout by Kirby, that's <laughs> oh my God, the all important timeout. If ever there was one, that was it. Yeah, and, and, and go he, ahead, Trent. I thought he's dealt with uh, uh, early on in his coaching career. He dealt with the the, the you know the, the coaching issues, the the time management, and all that stuff. And I think he he coached his butt off tonight. Like he he won the game with coaching. And I and I'm I, and I'm not saying that from a how like a defensive standpoint. I'm talking about from a head coach standpoint. He won that game uh, from a head coach standpoint with the way he used his timeouts, with the way he used his time management. He didn't use his timeouts on that last drive. I think Georgia could have ran some more time off the clock that last drive. Agreed. But the offense was cooking, and you're trying to get the lead. And I understand that you know you got you got Ohio State on their, on their heels right there. And, and and you know if you don't get the lead right there, it doesn't matter. So, um, but yeah, I, I I think Coach Smart uh, and you know Kirby did did an outstanding job just with time management and, and controlling uh, the head coaching aspect of it. And I tell you what, something. You know, something I would like to point out too. I mean, we got screwed on the draw here, boys. We drew the best team that was remaining. Yeah, I think but so too. I, I've said since day one that this was the national championship. And you know what? Georgia might come out and lay an egg against TCU, but I, I still feel this these were the two best teams in the country, even though Ohio State uh, lost to Michigan. But uh, the Ohio State. Um, Michigan was a little fluky with the with the five big plays, and you know that it, the score was a lot closer than that really indicated in that game. And I thought uh, Ohio State was more explosive. I thought if Ohio State saw Michigan again, they beat them by two touchdowns. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, it, it was it was a tough draw. That's a, that's a tough four seed. Um, uh, Here, here's the thing, Jeremy. Before we let you go, because I got a ton of people waiting, man, and, and you know how it is. Um, but the, the the thing with me is, though, you had a month to prepare for Ohio State. So now you like I think you. Yes, you got the worst draw by far. I, I think this is the best team, but you had a month to prepare for them. If you had only a week to prepare for Ohio State, this game might have been a little different. So I, I think you, you lucked out in that sense that you had so many practices to prepare for those guys. Now you only have a week to prepare for TCU. I think you'd much rather have it that way than vice versa. Sure. I think it was from both both situations too, because I think Ohio State used this time. I think C.J. Stroud, number one, uh, improved his pocket awareness. Um, the way he stepped and he avoided he avoided pressure. Um, you know, Georgia had him sacked a couple times, and just he avoided pressure by a little side step, or he even ran a couple times. So I thought uh, that month really helps uh, Ohio State too. I was, yeah, him him running that was a lot more than I expected. Uh, you know, not everything. He was, he ran a lot more than advertised and that I think, yeah, you're right, Trent. That is what that helped them keep drives alive when Georgia should have been able to get them off the field. But anyways, boys, uh, I haven't been able to check the site just from watching the game. I hope, I don't know if there's anything updated on Darnell, but hope, I'm sure Roddy will be on later with something well, like that. If you scroll down, there's probably suicide watch and there's probably, you know, um, <laughs> you know, you know how the bet goes. So, <laughs> but all right, boys go dogs. And, uh, I'll keep listening. Hey, I'll have a happy new year. Yeah, you too. You too. Let's get uh, uh, well, I clicked Eddie. Eddie, one second, Eddie. Uh, Dave, what's up, Dave? Hey, you could have you could have clicked Eddie first. I mean, well, I'll get you. I'll get you real quick. We got we got like seven or eight people in the queue. So what you got? Okay, well, I got a couple of quick numbers for you. First of all, happy new year to both of you. For me, it's still um only ten fifty seven because I'm in um Sin City right now. I had to work a game out here, so it's um it's it's tough. It's um. It's 9.57. I mean, it's even worse. But Happy New Year. A um, couple of quick little things. Um, obviously, 
Um, Stetson is getting even more and more and more in the um, stat chart. He is now number one in completions in a single season, and he's also number two now in the most pass yards in a single season. Now, yeah, you get um, number one is Aaron Murray, but um, but he's only 70 yards away right now from being the most pass yards in a single season for a, a Georgia quarterback. It helps when you play 14 games, sometimes 15 there. Um, in, in terms of career, he now moves into fifth place in both passing yards and in completions in, in a career-wise, passing Matthew Stafford in both categories in that in, in those things. So he's fifth in both of those. A um, couple of receivers, Brock Bowers is now tied for seventh in most touchdown in most receptions in a single season, and McConkey is now tied for eleventh in most um, receptions in a season. It's only the uh, second time in history Georgia's had two guys with over uh, fifty receptions in one year. The Aaron Smith one, I was thinking, wow, is that that could be is that some kind of record for Georgia for the longest um, reception in a bowl game? Georgia's had like five in the in, in the two thousands alone. Um, that are even longer, or four, excuse me, that's even longer than that. So that's, I, um, that Chris Cronley had a longer one. Nicole Hardman had a longer one. Tavares uh, King had a longer one. McKenzie had a longer one in those things. Georgia in rushing, uh, when Milton scored touchdowns, the, it was the fourth player, um, Georgia this year to have seven or more rushing touchdowns in a single season. It's the first time that Georgia's ever had four um, players with seven or more rushing touchdowns. It's only the, the second time in the last 25 years it's happened in the SEC. Um, um, LSU did it in 2011, way back when. Um, and also, Milton also went over the 1,000 yard for his career. He's the third Georgia player to get over 1,000 yards in his career this season. So, I mean, a lot of these guys didn't get a whole lot of playing time ahead of time, but both uh, McIntosh, Milton, and Edwards all went over the 1,000 in his career. Um, and two more little quick notes for you. Um, 2000, um, obviously, um, I, I, I always think back to that fake punt, um, the bad fake punt against Georgia in, in, in the 2005 West Virginia game. Kirby Smart was an assistant there, so maybe he's um, either he saw it or some guy above saw it, or one of the assistants coaches. So I thought that uh, that that was the first thing that brought to my mind. But Georgia now has five straight ball wins for the first time in school history. They've had four straight ball wins four other times, but now they have they've had five straight ball wins um, for the first time in Georgia history. And now that Georgia plays um, TCU, do you know that Georgia was – and TCU was – TCU was Georgia's first ever bowl opponent back in um, – way back oh. in the early 1940s. And obviously, TCU was also Kirby Smart's first ever bowl opponent. So those two little little tidbits. Georgia is 4-0 all-time against the Horned Frogs. And I wish you all Happy New Year once more. There he is. The man, the myth, the legend with the quickest stats in the game. Hey, Dave, go roll some craps for us over there on the tables, would you? I'll, I'll try to win. And, and here's my nice little plate right here that they, they gave me at the hotel. Oh, so nice. There you go. That's what it happens when you're, uh, you know, big balling like you are over there, Dave. So <laughs> Thank you. All right, Dave. Happy New Year, my man. Happy New Year. Thanks so much. See you, bro. Uh, Trent, I'm going to get – Dane on so you can roll out and go put them kids to bed man and uh I, I, I mean I drove back from Orlando today so I'm about to hit the sack yeah man take it easy and we'll uh we'll talk to you soon all right man all right bro all right we got Trent out of here Dane Young in here I'm gonna bring in Eddie from Ackworth the godfather the one and only Eddie what's going on man happy new year boys Dane go 
You're the man. Go. What you got, Dane? What the hell was that? That's, that's <laughs> my comment. Like, I don't – I'm not usually one to be speechless after, like, sporting events anymore because I've covered a lot of, like, crazy stuff. <laughs> I think that may top the cake because, like, that is the that is the biggest win that Georgia has had on a stage when it had no business winning that game. Ohio State was better than Georgia and Georgia won. And on that stage, that timeout is the greatest. I mean, yep. I, I, I can't get enough of this because I've just been tweeting the same joke seven different ways. It's the greatest time in the history of any time that has been outed before. Like, I, I, want, I, I want to know everything that led to Kirby Smart walking over there and saying timeout. And I'm sure it's as simple as, like, they had guys there and we didn't. But still, I, I want to know everything about the history of timeouts and everything about it. Well, could you could you guys see was Georgia becoming Alabama? That's what that was because we got all the breaks. We had just like you said, no business winning that game, and we pulled it out. That's that's what Bama has done for years, right? They had no business winning games for years, and tonight Georgia pulled a pulled a game out of their. Can I say asses, Paul? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you okay. can. I'd be disappointed well, if that's all you said. Out of their ass, they had no business winning. None. And they did it. It's it's mind-boggling. Uh, there was numerous times where I kept looking, you know, because ESPN does that uh, where the predictive model, right, it kind of ebbs and flows. And both times Georgia got down by 14 – I think it was up to 84%, 85%. And then every time George would get the ball back, it would kind of creep back down, creep back down. But it never got below 65% until that final touchdown. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those games where you don't think they're going to win the entirety of the game, right? Like the there's not a – maybe maybe like what, first quarter? Yeah, I would right? say a second quarter early. Like, yeah. like Ohio State got, gets out to its lead. Georgia kind of swings back, but then like that drive that CJ Stroud led in like 45 seconds at the close of the second quarter, yes, that, that, that was, was that was as impressive as anything I've seen in football this year. I thought the game was over, Dane, right there. I thought that that was it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's it. Well, the combination of that and then Georgia coming out and just kind of like as uh, three and out, three and out, yeah, did nothing yeah. with the possession there. Because, like, Georgia had an opportunity, score, get Ohio State off the board, score again, second half, and then all of a sudden Georgia's in the driver's seat doing its death march thing, and it never got there. Yeah. Here's all right, Paul, I, I know you all probably addressed this, but the play of the game is Javon Bullard in the end zone. That's the play of the game. He nails that. He nails Marvin Harrison, and it's, it's, it looks like a targeting. Oh, my God. Javon Bullard's out. It's going to be first and goal, and they reversed it. Devon Buller stays in the game. Marvin Harrison is hurt, and it changes from there. That's the play of the game to me. What's crazy is they reversed it really quick, Eddie. Uh, yeah. so you, guys were at, you guys were at commercial break, uh, but, I mean, I tweeted that out probably 10 seconds into the commercial break. I mean, they, they reversed it with two minutes left to go uh, before it even came back on TV. I thought it would, I thought it was going to be one of those that they looked at for a long time because it was close. It was really it was close. close. And they, yeah. <laughs> they only showed like one replay on TV. And then by the time you guys came back from TV timeout, 
they had already reversed it, so there's no need to look he at led, it again. He led, he led right there. He led yeah. with his shoulder, and that's what you're supposed to do. And what's crazy about it all is they uh, they almost almost uh, got away with it. So I mean, there was uh, that, and then there was like Bowers getting the first down because, like, field oh, position yeah. wise, that helped a ton on, on the reversal. He, but he then was there was the, the the play that made me laugh the most was uh, C.J. Stroud going out two yards before a first down marker, and Ryan Day running like ten yards down the field, Trump pointing at a spot and being like, "No, he went out there." It's like, no, he didn't. Like we all saw it. Um, yeah. CJ Stroud is awesome, man. Oh, he's, he's really great. great. He's a good quarterback. Like, some NFL team's going to draft Will Levis over him and like just ruin the entirety of football from that point forward. I hear you. I hear you. Well, Eddie, I want to get Roddy in on here. Uh, he is downstairs in the the live well, so to speak, in the in the photog room. So let me bring him in. We'll go four high. Roddy, we hadn't talked to you all game. They will, people want to know what, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? <laughs> <clears throat> sit on that, sit on that couch want, over there and, and talk I, to me. I, I don't ever want to go through that again. I'm not on the, on the couch. Uh, we are in the photo room. For folks to see I, was giving, I was giving it more of like a therapist vibe, though. Tell me your feelings no, no. type thing. Yeah, I don't want to ever go through that again. That was, that's too uh, – <laughs> the heart palpitations are not worth it. Yeah. Uh, I had three strokes, Roddy. <laughs> yeah, just up and down. Up and down. I, I said Georgia would win by four points. They missed two field goals. <clears throat> Go back to what comes. What, what's a uh, the ingredients for a upset? Special teams. Georgia misses two field goals. You know, no. it's just uh, some bad return. I mean, some return issues. You know, not great stuff there. The fake punt. Thank God they got a timeout called that. You know, before that, penalties. You had a pass interference call that extended a drive that allowed them to score a touchdown. Should have been, you know, them punting. Ohio State punting, but there's a pass interference call. They score a touchdown. Uh, another pass interference call extends a drive, score a touchdown. Turnovers. Georgia uh, uh, sets a bend and throws a pick. They score off that. The three ingredients for turnovers, Georgia had all of them. I mean, uh, for an upset, Georgia had all of them. Still was able to pull this game out of their ass, as Eddie said. <clears throat> Just mind-blowing. Uh, Stetson Bennett starts out 11 of 12. <clears throat> 110, 110. 20 yards, touchdown, then goes one of nine. I don't think that there was a passing yard in the third quarter. They just were running it. Uh, he was hesitant. It was unreal. But in the fourth quarter, he winds up with 398 yards for the game, 23 or 34, which is exactly what C.J. Stroud was, 23 or 34 for 348 yards. So Bennett had 50 more yards, but one less touchdown and an interception. So uh, as from a quarterback standpoint, and my notes, uh, just the sheer number of passes that were off. So of those uh, uh, 11 incompletions, the, the short pass and, the, and the, uh, the one overthrowing Brock Bowers, underthrowing Lad McConkey on a screen. Yep. God. Yep. God, like, almighty. God damn it. Are we back to this again, Stetson? What the hell are you doing? Yeah. Just, just inaccurate. But then the long passes were lights out. His yeah. bombs were fantastic. Uh, the secondary, I mean, my notes are full. I, I basically mapped each drive, and Keely Ringo gets lucky a couple times because Bar, uh, Harrison's going on a slant. He drops at least two. There may have been three with uh, Keely Ringo in trail, and all of a sudden, yeah. you know, Keely's like, wow, he's a lockdown corner. No, he's just 
dropping it. But Malachi Starks gets burned, Chris gets burned, uh, everybody's getting burned, and they just look like they have no way to stop them. And there was never a point where you could just knock them out. And it just felt like that entire game you were going to lose. And the fact that they pulled it out at the end was blind pulling. So we just got out of the locker room. We were able to talk to a lot of those guys, spoke a long time to uh, uh, Keely Ringo and uh, Malachi. They said, look, there was never a point where we thought we were going to lose. We knew that we could do this. And then we talked to uh, – uh, Marcus Risby Jack saying about that last drive. We also talked to Stetson, but I, I wasn't the one talking to him. And he said, no, we he said we basically used all the cliches, keep chopping one play at a time. Uh, don't worry about that last play. Only worry about the next one. And that drive there at the end to you know mm. go up by one. And then to be able to stop them, you know, when they were coming yes. down the field. Yes. Just, there the, in other words, there were 75 points during that game where Georgia could have put it away. And there were 90 points where they should have lost it. It's just that's why I say I'm stunned at the bins. I can't believe that they actually pulled that out. And that's that's my wrap. Well, I could I could go through each drive and I have some really good notes on it, but I don't want to take that. Kind of we're slightly becoming Alabama because we had no business winning that game and we pulled it out, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean it, you you had you had no business winning that game. There were so many different no. plays. There are so many different plays, Eddie, where you look back on it and you just go, wow. You know, the, the like I said, the Brock Bowers fourth down play uh, that that it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like Stetson called it at the line, called an audible at the line uh, and, and did that. So just so many different things. Eddie, I got a couple other people who want to join, man. If you want to join back later. Happy um, New Year, boys. Thank you. Eddie, thanks so hey, much, man. Let me ask Dane real quick. Uh, the point that I thought the game, I just felt that everything had gone against Georgia was when you have Kenny McIntosh running down the field, nobody touches him, and he falls down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can, can you just not have nice things in this game? So, so I, I, all right, I was talking with Coach Donovan a little bit about this, but, and this is more, I was running by him to see if I wasn't being an idiot. Um, if you want to have a gripe in this game, and maybe that's for a later time when we're all not so like stunned and shocked by everything, like why was Dejan Edwards getting so many carries in the third quarter? Like, I was text, texting people. I'm like, you got Kitty McIntosh and Kendall Milton, and I don't get me wrong, I love Dejan Edwards. He's same. a great back, but there were times when Ohio State can tackle. They're a good tackling team, but sometimes you needed power. And he squirted through a couple of times and had some big runs, but I'm like, can he match? But you saw how Milton ran in that first quarter, and I'm like, yeah, what was wrong with that? So, McIntosh, five attempts for 70 yards? Yeah. Edwards finished eight eight for 58, so, I mean, it's not bad either. But, yeah, I agree. It was – I don't know, man. And that's not like taking a shot. Like, he he was fine, but, like, you needed explosive plays, and that wasn't going to be that. No. And he can Pickless be explosive. Uh, yeah, when <laughs> yeah, Pickles. when the we we spoke the other day to Kendall, and he told uh, he told me, "Look, I'm coming back next year. We're gonna have a big year." And I asked him, "How's it been?" He says, "I feel so good right now." And you can just see the watch the, the at YouTube.com. Watch our interview of him. He just is a different guy. He's healthy, and he ran angry that touchdown run he had. That was I'm like. Why are you not feeding him? So I thought that the rotations were bad. I thought some of the um, play calling was bad. I uh, didn't understand it, um, especially in the third quarter. I, I didn't get what they were trying to do. And 
they still were able to pull it out. So to your point where you feel like they should have lost it, but let's, I mean, there's just big play after big play after big play. You know, as much grief as I was giving Stetson, he threaded some needles. He put some balls on the money. Uh, blocks, diving blocks, you know, guys playing injured. And think about it, you lost Darnell Washington early, and you still pulled this game out. And Arian Smith lights out. I just spoke to Arian. He was so excited. His, his biggest game of the year comes at the most important time. I just added it up because I thought it would be pretty spectacular. Stetson Bennett's stats in the fourth quarter of college football playoff games, three college football playoff games, 15 out of 17 for 312 yards and five touchdowns. Pretty good. Wait, wait completed 15 passes? 15, I'm saying in the total. I know. He was 10 of 12 tonight in the fourth quarter. 15 out of 17, 312, five touchdowns. We're just saying that's one out of three throws is a touchdown. All right, let's bring on Anthony. Oh, boy. We want to do this? Yeah, are we ready bring for him this? In. All right. I, that's oh, why I got boy. the earbuds in, so I always do can't Yeah, hear. I do too. I do too. Anthony, you, what's up? Why do you have to say, do we want to do this every time? I wanted to do it. I thought it was a great idea. Because, Eddie, there's – I know, Dane, and you know what? Thank you, Dane. Thank you. You're such a oh, kid. Uh, you're such a – Butt kisser. I played with the crowd. Yeah, Dane, here, here Rod, everybody but Paul. Great guys. Great job <laughs> getting this guys on, uh, you know, on payroll. Yeah. Well, good well, thing two or three of us are. No, go ahead. Right. Hey, we're going to talk about how in the hell Georgia won the game without Darnell Washington. But let's talk about the guys that stepped up. Oscar Delp. Yeah. Katie Mitchell. Marcus Rosemey. Javon Bullard. Those guys had to do their jobs. That Oscar Delp came in not expecting to play a minute in this football game today. And he helped on two rushing touchdowns in the first half. How yeah, how was he sprung Kevin Milton on that uh, on that run? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I dropped my phone. <laughs> well, we can't have your drunk ass on the show. I, it's not I'm not drunk. I've been drinking O'Doo. <laughs> no. The craziest part about the game was you think, you know, uh, Godfather was talking about we had no chance, shouldn't have won this game. We're the new Alabama. The problem is Alabama gets the calls that Georgia never got, like the, the pass interferences or the late hits or stuff like that. Georgia went out and earned that victory. That targeting was out. close, Andy. That targeting was close. That targeting was close, but it, you know what it wasn't? You know what it wasn't? It wasn't a targeting because he used the proper technique and just knocked the piss out of some soft-ass Ohio State receiver. That's what he did. Did, did Fair Harrison enough. come back in after that? No. What? I don't think so. I don't think he did. No, he didn't because he didn't want to. <laughs> Look, if he's, got, if he's playing zone defense all the time and he's got 12 yards to catch the ball every time, he can run – Eight. He's got a two-way go every single time. Of course he wants to stay in the game. But if he knows he's going to get his shit pushed in by a real fucking defender, then he doesn't want any part of it. There goes the neighborhood, folks. All right? Georgia deserved to win this game. You know why Georgia deserved to win this game? Because they're, they are built for games like this. We may, we may never have been behind this entire year like we were in a game setting like we were in this game. But no, no player on this team flinched. Not a single person. 
That's what they were saying in the, the locker room. They were. The and I, and I, that I pushed, I'm like, yep. You know, you're, and I asked Keely Ringo, I said to his face, you guys are getting your butts kicked in the first half. He's like, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we made it, we made adjustments, you know, and we played our things and they so believe in the process. It's not, a, it's, it's, there's, and Dane can test, attest to this. There's guys who will just repeat the company line. Marcus Rosby, Jack Saints, one of them. But when you see the fervor in their eyes when they talk about the process and the procedure and their uh, their psychological mantras about how they stayed focused and in this game, they they believe in it and they did not believe they were out. So when it was uh, Georgia couldn't do it, I think they scored on four on the first three uh, first five drives Ohio State did. Georgia's like, you know, it's okay, we got this, and then they'd have a big play, and then all of a sudden Georgia looked like they were coming in, and then Ohio State came back. I think uh, they, they, they would they would not quit. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, no. What do you think, Dane? I don't think Ohio State quit either. Um, oh, absolutely. I like not. That, that, that's kind of that's some. This was the national title stuff. game. Is all everybody saying? Georgia yeah, gets yeah. credit for continuing to play when a lot of teams aren't mentally strong enough or have the confidence to continue doing that. But like. Look, I don't think you get to be where Stetson Bennett is without like believing in yourself to probably a degree that can border on like unhealthy. Like, yeah. so many people have said he can't do what he's done, and he just keeps doing it. And he was bad a lot tonight, and he was fantastic a lot tonight. And you could say that about probably most players on the team. But I even like the protection around Stetson Bennett was like much better in the last eight minutes than it was the rest of the game. Yep. And, and he trusted that protection more in the last eight minutes because he kept kind of like stepping into pressure, stepping in like yeah, he, he just for all the things that he's been in control of since like the Florida game, that wasn't there today. And I think that's what Kirby Smart was probably most concerned about because it just seemed like so much that was out of Georgia's control. And that's not a place that Kirby Smart's happy. Right. Got a question from Michael B here. He says, Dane and uh, Rody, what do you guys yeah. think about the decision to, t- to take the field goal at the end of the first half instead of going for it on fourth and four roddy uh, i'm trying to go back and see i, I don't remember all this in general principle what I, I remember was getting... go ahead i was just gonna say i take points when they're available um yeah and georgia has a great kicker yes well you gotta remember uh george georgia yeah. Trayland, when they came out they, they scored 17 unanswered points yeah uh that because it felt like it felt like this was the game that Kirby Smart has, you know, they have one, they have one a year, right? Where they just, they lose and they, it's not close, but nah. So I uh, getting that one, but what I thought was interesting was on that. They got the ball back with 49 seconds. Uh, you had the batted ball on the first down pass. And then the next pass was overthrown. Then they just took a knee. And I'm like, 49 seconds is supposed to be all the time in the world. And they, they got nothing out of it. Now they were getting the ball to, to start again. So, that was it. Uh, what I thought was more interesting, though, was when Georgia was still down two touchdowns, they kicked a field goal instead of going for it. Right? True. But True. And everybody and everybody in that suite was like, that's the stupidest thing. I'm like, yeah, it's there's 10 minutes left in the, you know, you're not, this is 10 minutes left in the third or something like that, you know, or there's going to be 10 minutes left in the fourth. I'm like, there's still plenty of time left this game. You don't have to be chasing points now. Don't you, 10 minutes is plenty. Uh, and besides, you're down 14. You're going to have to, even if you score two touchdowns, you're still only tied. So yeah, I just kick the field goal. I, and I, it, was, I, it goes. To what, it proves what Dane says: take the points. You don't always get down I looked, there. 
I looked at it right when they kicked that, and I was like, you know what? Let me see how many drives they had in the uh, third quarter. So to, to try to see, right, if they could even do this. And in the third quarter, they had four drives, okay? So I was like, all right, they, you know, they can, they can get this done. And when they kicked that field goal, technically that was at the end of the, the third, I think. But that last two drives they had, they scored on both of them. So you had to score on every drive after that field goal. And if you don't kick that field goal, then you're really you – know, I, I don't know what – you know, they have those algorithms, right, or at least they say they do, where it's like kick a field goal here, kick a – get a whatever. Uh, I guess the algorithm said field goal, and it worked out perfectly. So I'm just glad Lane Kiffin wasn't our analytics leader. Boy. <laughs> Boy, I agree. Primetime dog uh, says hit that like button. Yeah, damn right. Hit that like yeah, button. Yeah, hit the like button, you sorry bastards. So, uh, Anthony, you said the play of the game was uh, Bullard's hit on uh, Harrison. <clears throat> I've got two other plays in the game. Okay. The conversion on fourth down, the Brock Bowers oh, did, or which initially said he was short. That was yeah. just guts. He, he, mm-hmm. he was a huge play. And He's then, a cyborg. We know if, if, he does, if, if he doesn't get that, game's over. And then, as we yeah. pointed out there, Kirby Smart's timeout on that fake punt. Yeah, yeah. There's one Just, other play that I think deserves to be mentioned, and it's going to get lost in this game. But McConkey's two point conversion. Oh, oh huge! Yeah. That dude's huge. hurting. Like that. That dude's barely out there. He, yeah, yeah. He's playing. He's playing on on three star grit. You know. I mean, I get it. That kid, that kid's a that kid battles, man. He and he's sure-handed. And what about well, what about Dominic Blaylock's uh, third and twelve or third and fourteen catch that he had? Uh, <clears throat> yards. You don't understand. And my my first notes. Okay, first scoring drive for OSU. Lasser got burned twice, and then there's the no yeah. holding call. There should have been one on UGA's first score. My first note is Dominic with a third and ten catch. Uh, then there was a coverage sack. Uh, Tate, but Tate Ratledge has a pancake on that touchdown run that is oh, dude. real. Worked him. That guy, they're still pulling him out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, number Lamar 14. For one too. They just yeah, threw a new saw to over the top of him and just played. That's all they did. Uh, there's Yeah, there's a lump out there. There's a Falcons game here tomorrow. Uh, somebody's going to come <laughs> dig his, his bones out of there. There is an underrated part of like roster management though, because like last year it was William Poole in the national championship, like saving Georgia. Right. Uh, and then yeah. this year, Javon Bowler tonight. Well, I mean, it's what about Tyke, Tyke Smith? Remember Tyke Smith or not Tyke Smith? Um, Tyreek Stevenson saved us too. Remember? I, I'm just I'm thinking of the older guys that like in modern football tend to transfer yeah. around and get more playing yeah. time. This yeah. was Dominic Blaylock on that first down, and it was freaking Kyrus Jackson one returning putts all game. But then on down the stretch, Peach County, baby, Peach County, yo. Hey, I, I'm gonna take credit for two things in my column this week. I said Georgia has to avoid pass interference calls. Two incredibly costly ones. And yeah, Lad can't. Lad's gonna try to go, but they have three guys who could help out. Dominic Blaylock, Kyrus Jackson, and Arian Smith. Now, I'm not. That's not saying I was a genius or anything. I was saying right. I just got lucky because I'm like, if he can't go, he, Lad can do all the stuff that those guys can do. You know, if you need him to re- return punts, right. he does it. You need him to take an end of the round, he can do it. You need him on a go route, he can do that. And each one of those guys can make you know 
clutch catches, Dominic Blaylock can do that, but he can't quite do the other stuff. Return punts, you got to cheer us for that, you know, and uh, special teams. Go route, you got Aaron Smith. So you lose your best wide receiver of this year and you replace him with a committee and each one of those guys steps up and had huge games. And yes. that's why this team is so freaking hard to beat because even when you knock out their number two tight end, Oscar Delp steps in and just kicks everybody's ass. You can take rid of their top – Georgia's about wide receiver number one and number two. You know, and A.D. Yeah. Mitchell. Let's give A.D. Mitchell a round of applause for coming back yeah. and being, being freaking A.D. Mitchell again. Well, and I want to say this, and then I'm going to go because I know you guys got a bunch of people waiting in the queue. Georgia, I mean, Ohio State, how many times did Georgia punt tonight? How many times did Georgia punt tonight? Yeah, how many times? Twice. A couple. They, they, twice. they punted twice. And when was, was it? It was in the second half, right? It was in the third quarter. I think so. Yeah, both of them went right. in the second, yeah. yeah. The third quarter so, was bad. Right. So, I mean, I know it was bad, but was it – I mean, I don't know if it was execution or play calling. But the fact is, if you only punt two times an entire game, you're working – the offense up and down the field. Yes or no? Yeah. You may not you, know, you may not always get touchdowns or you may miss two field goals that were super costly in the game because I started adding them up. And we had a chance to be actually down by only two points or three points at one time it, instead of being down uh, eight points or something like that. It was crazy. It was just weird in my head. But Georgia never stopped moving the ball in Ohio State. They couldn't. They could. They stopped them twice. Correct. Yes. Right. So hey, well, I want to give them credit for having some great tackles. Yeah, yeah. They did. They, they tackled. They, open, they, they, they tackled well in open space, and they and they and they played a lot of the quick game uh, better than we thought they would because uh, Munkin only used the quick game a handful of times, and we got a few good plays out of it. But some of the stuff with McConkey and some of the screen games that we tried to set up really didn't work out well, but. The way I look at it overall picture, they couldn't stop us as bad as we couldn't stop them. So it was almost like who had the ball last. Yeah, and, and, who, and, it, and it almost and, came and down to that, right? <laughs> yeah. Every 30 more I mean, seconds, it, Ohio it, State wins that and, game. And I, know, I know it's simplified, and it, 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 it's, very, it, it's very easy to say that now, but you look at the course of the game, neither defense could stop. I mean, how many overall uh, total yards were there between two teams, But between oh. the two God, let's see. Uh, we'll you see. had 533 for Georgia, 467. I'm not good at math, but that seems like a thousand, a thousand yards on the dot. You had a thousand yards. So neither defense played well. So it came down to who could make the mistake first late in the game. I'm almost wondering if this is an inflection point for Georgia going forward of like what it takes to win in the regular season is not yeah. going to be what it takes to win in a college football playoff, especially not. when it expands. That's so right. I was like, going to say that. When you get to a 12-team playoff, you're going to play more explosive offenses down the road. And it, regardless on the outcome, I mean, the, the score is what Georgia fans want it to be. But, but I don't even know if it's that offenses are more explosive as it is that, like, defenses are more tired at that point in the season. Mm -hmm. Defenses don't tackle with as much ferocity as they do in week six. And, right. like, you right. give a coach like Kirby Smart or you give a coach like Ryan Day – three weeks to prepare for an yeah. opponent, you're going to yeah. have a lot of points scored. And so yeah. you better have an offense that can go score points. And I think yeah. Nick Saban and Alabama learned that four or five years ago and changed the entire complexion of their program. Yeah. George yeah. is probably in the middle of that right now. Yeah. They're going after – I guarantee you they will – 
do everything they get can to get uh, Rayola. I mean, if you have a quarterback that can oh, yeah. run, you're and the number one tight end, the number one tight end in the country. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're going to Deuce. Roddy, I need Roddy, I need you to tell me we're getting him. Come on. I can't tell you that yet. God damn it! All right, I'm late. You guys are worthless. I'm out of here. Bye. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Paul, you're still wrong. Uh, Paul's always guy. wrong. We know that's the name of the show. What a guy. What a guy. Um, let's bring Junior on. We'll do a little quick two two seconds with Junior, and then we'll bring Ben on, yeah? Junior, you ready? All right. Junior, what's up, man? Junior. Hey, I, I, <laughs> hey guys. How you doing? Good man. Good. Two two thoughts real quick. We got we got to keep the queue moving here. We got to keep it moving. But two thoughts. I know you've been in the queue for a while. So two thoughts on the game. Okay. First thing I will say is I grew up in Texas, but I moved to California in 2020. And California decided to have a storm tonight. So I watched the first half of the game. The second half of the game, I could not watch because my Wi-Fi was going in and out. Mm. So the only thing that kept me in, the only thing that kept me in tune with the game was the Rosh Lone show. Honest to God. So oh I did not, I did not see anything, but I had the headphones in. I was like, okay, he did what? Okay, what happened? It, it, this was the most stressful game I have ever watched. I'm trying not to cuss. My bad, homie. I should have. I should have given <laughs> you more better play by play. That's what I'm saying because I, I, I sit in the chat at one time like, okay, where are we on the go? Like, where are we on the field? What's going on? Like, y'all are reacting, but like, let, like, what's going on? Well, all right. So let me, Junior. Here's the problem. Roddy was at the stadium, so it was me and Coach Donnett. So I, I'm doing double the work and not getting double the pay. <clears throat> um, and so that means <laughs> I couldn't monitor the chat as much as I want to. Plus, that chat was popping because we had like, – No, it, it was. It was. It was. 57,000 views. Yeah, you had – you had a, I saw 1,100 Oh, 63. I think that's including Facebook. I think on uh, YouTube we have 57 added into Facebook. and. No, it's at 63 now. <clears throat> Okay. Yes, sir. Um, wow. Uh, my agent will be negotiating with you. <laughs> I, I, so, I, I, I could do the, the show without you. I bet the podcast still before. gets. <laughs> I bet the podcast still gets better. I bet the POS still gets better podcast downloads, though. No, not not a chance. Um, I, I okay. The, one one thing that threw me off. I know you got a second thing you'll talk about there, but I don't want to forget it real quick. Uh, I want to shout out to the folks. Uh, who let me come up to their suite and watch the game from there. And it's been a long time since I've sat in in the stands with the Georgia you fans. And that's you didn't sit in the stands, Roddy. Let's I was they are stands. You're just out. You're not with the uh, you're not without you're not out with the poor people. You're out with the <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy the game. He was two boxes over. So I was two boxes Hey, down. there's a difference between a suite and stand. Stay sweet. Yeah. It's a suite. Well, just, but there are – there are. Uh, but you're – I mean, I can reach out. There's a, a Ohio State fan right in front of us. And I'm not saying the guy's next to me poured beer on him, but they wanted to. Uh, was it Urban uh, Meyer? The, the fan uh, reaction inside the stadium, it was – the Ohio State fans were really loud. But the Georgia fans – Again, I mentioned this. They picked their team up. 
and they were there loud. That fourth, uh, that drive, you know, what's before the touch, the game-winning drive. The the way they were cheering for the defense to stop them, you know, to hold them there, and then to try to get them to stop on that final drive of OSU's. That you didn't have enough people to be as loud as they were. It was insane. I've never heard the Mercedes-Benz Stadium that loud. So, again, just want to give a shout-out to the fans who were there because – and you're down the field. Sometimes you don't quite understand it. Uh, you could, you're surrounded by it. But just looking side to side, I'm like, oh, these – I mean, these people were hoarse. They're, they had veins coming up their neck, you know. Uh, none of them are going to be able to talk tomorrow. But they tried to affect the game, and uh, they gave it their all. Largest all right, give me your crowd – before before your second largest crowd in Mercedes-Benz Stadium history, seventy nine thousand three hundred thirty. Oh wow! Yeah, largest crowd ever. So oh wow! You have, you have people paying uh, hundreds of dollars to do standing room only. Yeah. What's your What's your second oh. take, Junior? So my second take is, I I'm a downer. Um. So I remember I used to I watched this show from the very first game. I've never called in until we had that little five-game streak of being sloppy. And the first time I called in was, like, after game three. Like, the first game, everybody was saying, oh, yeah, that's what we needed. We needed a kick in the butt, da-da-da, da-da-da. And then the second game happened. It was like, oh, no, it's nothing. They're young, whatever, whatever. And then very next game, I called in. I was like, Hey guys, we're sloppy. That's what that's what this team is. This team is sloppy. We're a sloppy team, <clears throat> and we showed it again today. We showed it sloppy. I'm I'm not happy about this win. One because I couldn't watch the end because <laughs> my Wi-Fi was messed up because California decided to have its Wayne Storm a year You're tonight. So <laughs> so I couldn't watch the end of the game. I was looking at a frozen TV listening to the end of the game. But still, it shouldn't it, it shouldn't have been to that point. Because if he would have made that field goal, our season would have been over. So like my thing like and like I'm I can point to off the top of my head, five plays to where it was just sloppy decisions, like the um the wheel route that turned into an interception. Stetson, and you said you know Stetson has one or two dumb plays every game. That's like one of them dumb plays. Yeah, okay, three or four. My bad, but that's one of them dumb plays. Instead of him drilling it, he should have floated that over the top. That would have been maybe a touchdown because he was open, wide open. If that would have floated, caught in the the bread basket, touchdown. But he drilled it, threw it underneath, got picked off. Um, it it it's, it's just we play sloppy and I'm and honestly in the overall view I'm not mad about it because I know we we're a young team and a lot of people in the preseason said that we're a young team and we're not going for whatever so we're still a young team and that's that's gonna happen so it happens 
I agree 100%. Next year, next year we're going to be crazy. And yeah, it, it's I mean, you're losing ne- some good guys though. You're also but going to the title this year, so let's 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 hold off on the next year talk just yet. You might win three in a row, but let's get to two first. No, no, no. What uh, what I'm here's the, good. What I'm what I'm saying is is that we lost so many guys last year to the NFL that everybody was saying that they cannot contend because they lost so much talent. So everybody that's stepping up this year is young. So like the majority of our team on offense and defense are um sophomores, freshmen, maybe a couple few juniors here and there. There's a couple key positions though that is going to get thin real fast and it's yeah, it the is. offensive line. Yep. All right. Um, I, 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 yeah, I didn't think about the line. I didn't think about the line. Junior, yeah, you're right. Band, man. So, happy new year. You got a, you got what yeah. another hour and a half before before it's new year out there for you, right? Yeah, I, I got time, Tom, for new year. <laughs> <laughs> But happy New Year to you guys. Have a great night, man. All right, bro. See you. Uh, Guys, can we talk about the fact that uh, two uh, uh, Big Ten teams made it to the playoffs and neither one of them is going to make it to the title? And how can we talk about also how everybody said that nobody wanted to watch that matchup be played, and now you can't. You can't get to watch that matchup. So even if you wanted to, you can't. And I thought, you know, looking overall like at – at both of these games, I think probably the best semifinals to date, right? Between both of oh, the yeah. games going down to the wire like they did. I mean, like yes. I said, the, the clock struck midnight literally as Ruggles was kicking that field goal. They were simultaneous. Somebody's going to come out with a side-by-side, and it's probably going to be Dane Young, of the ball dropping and the ball getting kicked off the foot. They were the exact same time. It's already uh, happened, and it happened before I could do it, Roddy. I'm sorry. Uh, somebody did it? Yeah, so but what, Bubba Prague on Twitter threw it out there. Was it close? It was, it was like, spot on. Yeah. And I, so, I called Dane to tell him to do that. He can still do it, though. I'll still yeah, do it. Yeah. Uh, like so, it. you know, it's 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 crazy how, you know, life works like right. that. But uh, let's get Ben in here. Let me, well, let me oh, tell you ahead. something else that's been going on for a week down here. Uh, we came down on Tuesday all week long. When I've been and I usually had uh, dinner with the uh, Ohio State beat uh, like nine guys from the Ohio State beat media, all of them were talking about what they were going to do in LA next weekend. Ah. Well, not, I should say just about everyone I talked to, and there was like when we win, not if we win, and which also bugs me because there's a lot of we in there. You know, you're not we, you're not part of the team. But uh, this morning I was at the uh, Corner Bakery. Uh, Getting, uh, dinner, uh, I was going to get breakfast, and the Ohio State band was in there. Very talented band members, you know, Ohio State marching band, world famous. Uh, they were also talking about where they were going to go while they were in LA. Mm. And it, Karma's the bitch. Don't don't count it. We don't have to still buy a ticket. It'd be great. <laughs> I'm just saying we. Uh, I didn't never. I never looked ahead. I wasn't going to go out and buy tickets, make reservations, and stuff like that until I knew we were going. So. Uh, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Now, you came within 54 uh, missed field goal of going out there, but still, if there's uh, one thing I learned in this life is don't don't be cocky. 
to the point that I made earlier, though, like the Georgia team that got to the college football playoff is not the one that leaves this game having beaten Ohio State because, like, your offense is different without Darnell Washington. Oscar Delt's great, don't get me wrong. He ain't Darnell. There's a lot of things you can't do with Oscar Delt that you can do with Darnell. So what what do we know about TCU? Go ahead. To that point, TCU – TCU plays hard, man. Like, they hit hard. And so, talent-wise, Georgia should beat TCU pretty comfortably. Yeah. But but sure. it's going to be some of these true freshmen for Georgia. It's going to – like, if Chaz Chambliss can't go, like, what – are you looking at Michael already kind of gimpy a little bit? Maybe that's just cramps and he's fine. But like Darnell's uh, – I got an update on Darnell. I'm pretty sure he is not going to be available this week. So, yeah, I mean, it, it – And I'm assuming Chaz probably wouldn't be either the way he walked off. Yeah. So, I mean, think about it. You lost – you found uh, – oh, uh, in my notes, Michael Williams coming out game. Michael Williams played like a man tonight, an absolute man. Just, but he has to. Like, he's the best the choice rusher on the team. But he's also a true freshman. So, I thought that was uh, phenomenal on his, his part. Uh, but I, I, like, I love George. I, TCU plays hard, right? They also got their butts kicked by Kansas State, who just got demolished by Alabama. And I'm not trying to do the transition thing, but they play up and down. They came out to beat this Michigan team, and Michigan almost beat them anyway. Uh, I don't see Georgia struggling against Max Duggan as much as they did no. against Ohio State. No, so no, I expect well, Georgia to play say, better, and I expect TCU to play worse. The so game me, plan I, I, is the line. Opposite. What's the line going to be? It's, it's already said it's 13. But I, I but but 14. but here's the thing. You can ask Patrick, ask PG, Patrick Garbin, uh, what he asked me the line would be, and I said 13 in the press box. Just saying, another one for your boy. That's what did we saying. say for two weeks about how Georgia has to attack CJ Stroud? You have to pressure him, get pressure get him, him off a spot, do all that stuff. Yeah, but we also said that he couldn't run. Okay, yeah, that was well, the narrative. We were so wrong. We're so dumb. All <laughs> yeah. of us. I mean, we what also we said he couldn't about? run, and and not not Don't only that he us. couldn't run. He uh, he went for and it's he got twelve attempts for thirty four yards, but as long as twenty seven, they're counting sacks in there too. The man can run. Made like, me think Ohio State's a bunch of dummies for not telling him to run sooner. Um, God Almighty! I but mean, it, the the game plan you have for CJ Stroud, you need to have the exact opposite game plan for Duggan, which is if that man wants to hang out in the pocket, please let him do it because he's not going to be as accurate with the football. He'll make yep. some mistakes. He'll he'll get some passes. That's fine. But, like, don't let him get on the run and do some weird stuff because Michigan did that, and he ended up throwing, like, a couple of little crossers that went for touchdowns, and they kept running the score that's, up. That's on. one thing. If we're going to overreact, guys, the crossing routes, Georgia was just laid on those every play. It felt like they – Ohio State ran the same play, I think, three times in a row where they just had a guy run across the field about 15, 20 yards, and it was a, it was a catch. That's a hard, Georgia's though, man. Like, Mike oh, Leach course, built yeah. a whole offense, a revolution as football on crossers that attack space. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not easy, but that's what Ohio State did. So, if TCU's watching this game and saying, hey, what can we do to, you know, do the same thing, you got to watch that. But Kirby's also going to look at that and say, how can we fix this? And you can think, I'm sure, that he's going to try to fix that. I think also Trent mentioned it uh, before you guys got on. Dar- the offense kind of runs through Darnell, and we've talked about this I mean, it, it runs through him through the running game. It runs through him through the passing game almost, even though he's not catching passes that much. I mean, he this offense runs through him. And for Georgia to just have that completely taken away, it took Todd Munkin some time to realize, like, okay, what do I have to do here to change this up completely? And that's why you saw those drives stall out 
early on in the third quarter. I mean, it you just lost your your everything, right? And now you have to start over with Oscar Delp. He's not Darnell Washington. Nobody's Darnell Washington. He's a unicorn. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how their play calling affects next week. Do they go more wide receivers and just have Brock in there, or do they just continue that same offense? Do they, they don't have time to start over with a new offense, but you know, I, I think that'll be interesting to watch moving forward. I got a feeling George is going to be like, we're about to run over you and stop us, and then we'll do play action and hit wide open stuff to Aaron Smith. Like, I think that's going to be their game plan. And if Georgia wins a national championship 23 to 10, they'll be happy to do it. Yeah, I can see that too. What do you say, Roddy? I really want to go back and look at how they run their defense to see how George is going to attack them. I would be quite happy. Kind of Mississippi Statey. It's three three five. I just, I mean, but do they commit early that you can, you know, do that sort of, you know, know, know what's coming, plan your game against them. I just like to, I need to watch a little more tape on them. But I would love to see Georgia. And I don't, it's, I don't, it's going to sound wrong. Georgia's fourteen and no, that's phenomenal. You know, they can win this out. Perfect season, perfect storm with all those guys missing. Kirby Smart, coach of the year. I don't care what. Dykes and yeah, I think I think, Dy- I think Dykes going to get it though. I I, I'm sure. I'm just saying with, with all the guys you lost, that's yeah. nuts. Uh, but looking at that, with that, if they can get back there, that's going to be nuts. But I would love to take the ball so much out of Stetson Bennett's hands and say, "Look, you're TCU. This is UGA. Uh, we got all these offensive linemen who, as you point out, you're going to lose a bunch of those guys." Max, you're going to be on the sideline so long because we're going to run it down your throat. <laughs> we're not going to stop. So that's the way I would love to see that game go. You know, Assuming Kirby Smart gets Our, a statue one day, my counters. request is that Kirby Smart's statue is him calling a timeout. That's yep. my request from here on out. Uh, Loello Joe uh, says, can we run the ball without Big O? I don't know. It's harder. But yeah. It's a lot harder to, when you don't have a 280-pound deep. Uh, Delp did a good job, say, though. Delp did end. really good with his blocking. Like he he got in there and worked. Yep. Yeah, he did. But he's. I mean, he's not. He's not Darnell. So, I right, guess uh, I'm gonna have to duck out. Um, so you guys take off. All right. We'll cool. Talk Let's to talk you shit later, about Roddy. Roddy. No, never that. Happy New Year, boss. <laughs> See you guys. Love you guys. See, See you. Let's bring Ben on. Ben, well, there we go. Ben? Up, oh, man? Paul, it's been a while. Oh, my old friend, Paul. Oh, uh, Friends? <laughs> Paul, I thought you had to go pee. I, I did a I, long time ago. Uh, oh, did it pass? Yeah, well, it's not pass. You just brought it back up again. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's too far. I'm, I'm, here's the problem. If I leave out of this room at any given time, they're going to start vacuuming. Well, they're, yeah, they're going to start vacuuming. So, like, I, I don't, I can't. We maybe got like 20 minutes left of the show before I'm literally kicked out of here. They're going to have this back in this place pretty bad. Um, but Ben, hold on, Ben. That look, you got a little, got a little mustache growing in there, bud. Little, little goatee. For no, that, before I think the last time I was on, I had a off like my beard was like getting lower. I looked, yeah, awful. It yeah was, it the hair bad. was going straight down. It's lighter right now. Looks good. It's a good look. It's lighter right now. It's good. So, uh, well, what's your thoughts up there in the uh, D.C. area? Happy New Year, by the way, bud. Oh, Happy New Year to you, my, uh, you know, pain-in-the-ass friend, Paul Meharry. Um, I will first off say on that game, that first drive of the game to me, 
if they would have lost or I think that that would have been one of the things that would have went back to the first offensive drive. Some of the miss a field goal and in the process, the third and one, then an RPO. If Bennett hands that thing off, that holds oh just a walk in touchdown. There's a three point and a seven point swing in that drive alone. So that drive to me, if they would have lost, I would have pointed to say, if you need one drive to go back or play, I would have went back to that play. That's a microcosm of why they lost. Cause that would have been huge. Now Stetson, I thought outside of the third quarter, he played flawless. He, he had a pick where I just think he, he threw it way too inside. I thought actually if he threw that ball outside shoulder, there was no chance it would have been picked. At least I could justify that throw. Third quarter, he was rattled a bit. But outside of that, I thought he played great. My biggest issue with Georgia is the edge rush. The secondary didn't play good, but you know that that's your, your weakness. You have to pressure Stroud. Stroud under pressure is when he's not great. Um, tonight he actually played his best under pressure all year. So I got to give it to him. CJ Stroud played an A plus game and you beat them. I thought Ohio state played as good of a game as they could have played. And I think that going forward into the next matchup TCU, I'll be honest. I think Michigan of the three teams is the best matchup for Georgia. I think Georgia could definitely beat TCU and I think they can beat them by double digits. Don't get me wrong, but Michigan is one dimensional and they're a rushing offense. Michigan doesn't have that go to NFL. I don't think they have any guys who'd be taken in the first three or four rounds at receiver. They have Quentin Johnson and they have a mobile quarterback that can run TCU, Michigan, McCarthy. He's mobile sometimes, but he panics a lot and they do not have the receivers that I think Georgia could actually cover for a decent bit versus TCU, Quentin Johnson. You can't give him time to get open. So that's why I think because of the offense TCU runs, because of the style of quarterback, and because they actually have NFL weapons, and Michigan doesn't, they're just a running-the-ball football team, and Georgia could shut down any team's running game. So if you're just known for being a physical football team that can run, Georgia's going to beat you. Georgia's never lost to a team like that the last few years. You have to have elite quarterback and elite receivers. I think TCU has a decent quarterback, and I actually think they have pretty good receivers. They're a worse draw than Michigan to me, and that's shocking to say because I thought Michigan was the second-best team in the playoff entering but actually i think they're the best matchup for georgia but i think dane was talking about they run a 335 and they actually shut down michigan's run game today i think the reason why i'm confident in georgia is they're balanced on offense you you can't go in with the mindset i'm just going to sell it for the run against georgia they got tight ends they got receivers Ad mitchell played phenomenal today the only two things i got right about this game is i thought Ad mitchell was going to have a good game and i thought georgia was going to play good on run defense everything else i was wrong about and i'll admit that but when you have A.D. Mitchell, Ladd McConkie, and those tight ends, you can't just sell out for the run. Georgia's balanced. And you, when you're a balanced team against that 3-3-5, you're going to score at will. Georgia's going to score a lot of points. Darnell would help the run game more and help them to get those seven, eight-yard plays when you need them over the middle of the field. But I don't think he's going to be as big of an issue given the team that you're playing. So I'm confident in Georgia going forward. And back to my first point, that if they would have lost that game, that first offensive drive, would have been the, the reason why they lost if they get if that field goal went in. I mean, I thought, you can you can go from that first offensive drive to Stetson's interception. I mean, there were so many times where it didn't look like Georgia was meant to win this game. I didn't think Georgia was going to win this game even after they scored the final touchdown. I looked around, and I was like, oh, there's 54 seconds on the clock. They uh, Ohio State scored in 50 seconds before the second half with ease. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have maybe a little different play calling there at the end for Ohio State, you have some timeouts. You can gas Georgia for six or seven yards. You get your field goal kicker closer. 
Georgia probably doesn't win this game. Those two, those last two play calls from Ohio State with the, the pass and then Georgia just all out blitz. I mean, it was all or nothing on the on that third down before that. Uh, I to think Ben's if, point about matchups, though, in the meta sense, the toughest matchup that Georgia could have had was Ohio State. Yes. Yes. Alongside that, maybe one B, if some weird scenario that Alabama could have sunk in there. So, like, Georgia already dodged yeah. a bullet that LSU yeah. scored a two-point conversion and kept Alabama out of the playoff because yeah. you don't want to see Bryce Young right now. Like, that would no. have been that would have been a problem for Georgia. Not saying yeah. Georgia couldn't beat Alabama. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying Bryce Young's not someone you want to be playing on the other team. And C.J. Stroud's not someone you want playing on the other team. And I, I think Max Duggan's great. He ain't that. Yeah, because I agree, because I think Bryce Young's actually a better quarterback than Stroud, and especially Stroud was getting him on the scramble drill. Bryce Young on that scramble drill would have been a problem. Now, the one thing that would have been better about playing Bama is they don't got the receivers this year. Their receivers aren't as good. Ohio State has better receivers, but I think other than that, Bama might be a, a little better than Ohio State. But Those are overall, the best three teams I think in the Georgia country to me. And, and maybe, look, the only thing that can change my mind is if TCU has like the game of its life and beats Georgia. But otherwise, I'm going to say the best three teams in the country are Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama. The same thing I said at the beginning of the season. Dude, Ohio State's got some some boys at wide receiver, like some dudes mm-hmm. at wide receiver. And they, they always do. Uh, they also have some guys on that defense that, you know, talk, you're talking about recruiting, Ben, talking about five-star. Zach Harrison mm-hmm. made a big play at the beginning, five-star kid. Uh, JT Tuolamolo, or however you say his last name, huge recruit. Uh, Jack Sawyer, huge recruit. I mean, they, they have guys, right? Um, yeah, how about and, Michael bowling through Paris? Yeah, in Paris, another guy, five star guy. Um, e Harmony gives us the dollar ninety nine shout out. Says can't stand OSU. Congrats on the dub, deuces. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much, E Harmony or woman. Uh, hope you find what you're looking for in the. Been Harmony, right? I know this is going off topic a little bit, but I just thought about since they beat Ohio State, who's like the best program Georgia hasn't beaten yet under Kirby because they beat like. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Clemson. Beat Ohio State. Beat Michigan. They beat Alabama. They beat Alabama. They beat Bama. So they beat LSU. It's probably Ole Miss. (laughs) I don't know. That's tough. Um, Maybe USC, but they haven't been good. I mean, yeah, yeah. Indy Clip said USC. That's the only one I can think of. Is like being the last final. I guess blue blood maybe. but there, Caleb says, uh, you know, we had 900 yards thrown us in the last two games. We got a lot to work on. I agree, dude. I 100% agree. Uh, but at the same time, you won both those games. You somehow escaped both those games inside the same stadium. Now, you've, you have the luxury of – There's a, now it comes down to time, right? And what I mean by that is this next game is so quick. It's Monday of next week. Kirby and the boys are already headed back to Athens, if not already there by now. Whereas TCU is probably just now getting in from their flight from Arizona. So, you know, here nor there, but there's going to be time management here. And that's what Kirby is really, really proficient at is time management, making sure there's no wasted time. They will, uh, they will definitely go from there. I think this guy likes you. E-Harmony says, nice Ravens hoodie, my guy. E-Harmony, sponsor uh sponsor the show maybe you know um, <laughs> like asw does yeah and that was a great 
segue into ASW. I'm trying to pull it up here, Dane. Uh, I need more because uh, I have drank that because I needed. I made the joke on Twitter that the fog in Georgia right now is not fog. It's secondhand smoke because Georgia needed a cigarette after that game. Ah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I like Paul, that. I am sponsored now. I saw that they got Gatorade on silent. I am sponsored by Gatorade. True story. So you can see right there, that's me on a Gatorade bottle. True <laughs> oh fucking God. thing. Wow. Wow. Uh, ASW uh, is made by – That was by, me from like nine uh, years ago in high school. It's made by Georgia graduates. They're still by docs. Check them out. ASW. It's wherever you get your spirits. Uh, ben, you were uh, saying the programs that Kirby Smart has not beat. I'm running through the top 25 in current rankings right now. Michigan, yes. TCU, no, but probably about to be yes. Ohio State, yes. Alabama, yes. Tennessee, yes. Clemson, yes. Utah, no. Uh, Kansas State, no. USC, no. Penn State, no. Washington, no. Florida State, no. Oregon State, no. Oregon, yes. Tulane, no. LSU, yes. UCLA, upcoming, I think. Isn't there LA trip coming? It's like two or three years from now. South Carolina, yes. Texas, no. That's another one. Texas and USC. Um, Notre Dame, Mississippi State, NC State, they haven't played. Troy, they haven't beaten Troy. (laughs) Or maybe they have. I don't remember. Uh, hey, 499 Dono from Georgia National Championship 2021 says, this is the type of game that Georgia has lost in the past, these shootout games. This is why Todd Munkin was brought in. Did you guys say what was a better game today or the Rose Bowl? Because I don't know. To me, the Rose Bowl might have been a bit better. Probably, probably yeah, the Red, uh, Red Bowl. The Rose Bowl, just because, like, you you felt like you had a chance there. This game, I didn't feel like Georgia had a chance at all. I mean, it, they they shot themselves in the foot time and time again, and then wound up winning forty two to forty one. This game is more of like a cardiac game where you probably lose years of your life. The Rose Bowl is probably a more fun game. Does that make sense? But also, I think the Rose Bowl they hadn't won the title yet, so you had that belief of, we're going to the national title for the first time in like yeah. it was like thirty some years at that point. Like that feeling probably was better than this one. Well, and I think it's just. It's two different things. I'll use like a boxing analogy here. So like I think the Rose Bowl is a heavyweight fight where like each team was just giving its best shot and like being really efficient and being really good. So maybe you're thinking like Tyson and Holyfield. Whereas this game was kind of like more like a Floyd Mayweather fight, which is like we're just going to survive long enough and figure it out and then pick our spots. Because Georgia was bad in this game for half of it at least. Third quarter especially. uh, Ohio State was good for most of the game. And if you, you know, Ohio State was better than Georgia and it lost. It's college football yeah. happens. Alex Waller says uh, this seemed like more of an improbable win for sure. I agree with that 100%. This seemed like there was no coming back. You got down by 14, then you came back, then you got down by 14 again. And when they – guys, I know we've already talked about it, but I want to get your opinion on this, Ben. When they kicked that field goal after – uh, you know, 14 to 11, Georgia did. What was your thoughts with that? Like, was it like, oh, okay, well, they're playing the numbers game here. Are you talking about the field goal in the fourth quarter that they took? Yeah, yeah, to get down to it. Yeah, that one was weird to me. But at the same time, like, they were back at their own, like, 13 and momentum. You're just like, just take the points here. Because if you fail there, the game basically feels over. It just feels a bit more over where so, you're so like, it's okay, just we momentum? got momentum. So it's just kind of like a momentum play, maybe? I, that, that's what I was thinking. I just think it was like, lack of confidence there, in Georgia's offense to gain the yards it needed true. to gain. Like, I think it's take, take the points because, like, three yards is not guaranteed anymore. 
And also the way Georgia plays defense a lot against these teams, they'll give up yards, but they bow up in the red zone or close to that area. They play a lot better. Like against Tennessee, the, the reason why Tennessee wasn't also as competitive that game, Tennessee wanted the big play. Hendon Hooker wanted the big play. One, Georgia got more pressure. That's obvious in that game compared to this, which is another reason why they scored. Ohio State scored and Tennessee didn't. But Tennessee wanted that big play so much. They weren't taking the yard. They weren't saying, okay, we'll take field goals, we'll take points, we'll make this a closer game. Ohio State was like, okay, go over the middle of the field. We'll take your eight yards. We'll take this. And they were capitalizing more in the red zone and on big plays, especially in the first half, where they scored 28. Georgia only held them to 13 in the second half. Actually, when you think about it, the defense played a lot better in the second half, more than I thought. Because I thought that third quarter, I thought it was like Georgia's getting their ass kicked in the third quarter. It well, you didn't. notice they started putting different players in there. Like, Bear Alexander got some playing time. You saw Jalen Walker get in on the final drive. Like Mar- Marvin they were Jones like, got in on the final drive. They, they were like, our older guys aren't quite getting it done, especially, like, in the front. So, here we go. Let's get some fresh energy in there. And they, they rotate a lot anyway. But, I mean, some of it's just attrition. Like, you look at Georgia's edge rushers right now. If Chaz is out, it gets thin quick. Yeah. That's the one thing you guys are talking about next year. They're going to lose a lot. Um, I think, especially we get, we're talking about offensive line. I think Amarius Mims is one guy who could step up and in there. There's two spots where I think next year they're going to be better. I think Edge Rush will be better next year by default, and you're going to get you signed a really good class, and Marvin Jones gets another year. Some of those guys, and then receiver with the transfers. George is going to. I'm starting to see the shift that a lot of fans have talked about. Oh, they want a lot of high passing offenses with the two receivers that you just brought in the portal, and with what they just showed you the last few games, how much they're willing to throw the football. Georgia's getting into that, okay, we're going to air it out more now. A lot of people have wanted that in the long run. Is it going to benefit Georgia or not? We'll see. But right now it's working, and they're throwing the ball more. So I'm not seeing those complaints as much, which the last two games were microcosms of. I think having Arian helps too, just because. How how did he get – I mean, I know it was a slip, but like – Oh, yeah. He makes his shots count, you know? like I think Patrick uh, tallied it up. He averages – 38 yards per catch in his yeah. Georgia career. 38 yards per catch. Uh, let's bring in Corey Satterfield. Corey, what's up, man? What's up? How are y'all doing on New Year's? Doing good, man. How are you? Good. A um, couple things. Um, is holding like not a penalty anymore for the Pac-12, mm. I guess? That Jalen Carter at the end on that final drive? Like the that whole game. Rough. The yeah. whole game there was holding. But um, what, what was y'all's opinion on that Kirby Smart timeout in the fourth and one? Epic. I think it's the best timeout in college football history. It might be. I mean, it's 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 of epic proportions. I mean, I think it's the best timeout in the history of all timeouts. Like, yeah. you include like you know taking taking a break at work or uh, pulling <laughs> over at the side of the road because you're a little tired. Like, I, I think it tops them all. What did Coach Dawn think about the timeout? Um, he he was pleased with it. I mean, you know, he loves he loves Kirby. Kirby's his guy. He played for him, and so um, he he likes to see Kirby do the right things and. Yeah, I think it's as simple as it. Like Kirby saw that. Oh man, we don't have people there, and they're about to do this, and then they did. Well, what it. they here's what here's. I don't know if you guys saw this on TV or not. Um, so Kirby was trying to run in a full new set of guys. Did you guys see that at all? Mm-mm. No. Okay, so so basically, what was happening was Kirby was trying to run in a whole other set of guys, like six or seven guys. I don't know if it was punt safe or 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 um, for lining up against this fake, but. They started running in guys, and then they took them all back off the field. So it was this real big cluster of, like, I thought they were going to have 12 guys on the field, honestly, because there were so many guys that were running in and off on the sidelines. And then you see 
they were not ready for the fake, which I think Kirby saw that it was going to be a fake. He didn't bring that team in, though, and he called the timeout. So it was this combination of he was trying to get them on. Ohio State hurried. So what Kirby and, and Georgia did was they left the guys on the field that they already had, uh, and it was too little too late. Luckily for Kirby, he saw that, called the timeout. But it was it was stressful there for a second because I thought they were going to get 12 guys on the field. Then it doesn't matter if you call a timeout or not. It's a five-yard penalty. It's a first down. So, Corey, I, I said that if Kirby gets a statue one day because he's kind of on that path, that yeah. it needs to be him calling that timeout. Calling that timeout. <laughs> the, the other thing that uh, – and I tweeted this too. Like I want a documentary on that timeout and the history of like why football has timeouts and Kirby's history with timeouts. And I even came up with like the 30 for 30 line for it, which was what if I told you the best play call was the call to not play? Oh. Man, I, I'm, I'm going to go home on that. You like that? <laughs> they need to get his exact pose for that statue. Actually, I think I'm about to get kicked out of here. Um, also, wait, I just noticed something else. I thought Ohio State had just as much, if not more, yards. Georgia actually outgained them by, like, 70 yards, out yeah. through and out past them. Well, most of that is just catch-up football because they kind of – they took us out of our game plan a lot. You out of here, Paul? Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what. I, I'll, I'll <laughs> hang and host this for, like what, – what time is it? I give another like 10 minutes and I'll wrap this up because Corey just got on here. I want to give him that platform. All right, so, well, guys, uh, you get before, out of here, Paul. Yeah, before I leave, guys, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for spending uh, your first few hours of 2023 with us here on UGASports.com, the POS. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, I'm going to head on home. Dane, if you would be so kind, upload this to Podbean because we're going to have a lot of downloads uh, tomorrow morning. Fine. And I appreciate it. Ben, I appreciate you. Corey, I appreciate you. Everybody that called in, I appreciate you. I'm going to try to get out of here and make it back home. It's about an hour drive. Uh, but Uncle Sam, everybody else in the chat, uh, thank you so much. And uh, wouldn't it – wouldn't well, I would want to be with my wife, okay, if she watched. If she I'm also that. now – I'm shocked they won considering you were there. I think – was it last year? No, you but – the one game. It was yeah, like I showed the one game. But guess what? Game. Guess what? I'm now 2-0 and this year. So uh, you might want to get your That's money together and send me to L.A. That's all I'm saying. Ben, start a GoFundMe. Hey, say so, uh, so hey It's not that good. But with you not there, they're like 28 0, and they've only been in like one close game against Missouri. Same. But no, I, I really do have to get out of here before I get kicked out. So, guys, appreciate you so much, and uh, happy new year to all you guys. Hey, Brett, thank you so much, Brett. You're, you're a good guy, see man. Paul. We'll see you. Take over the show, Corey. You're, you're a great host, and um, oh. you, you, you're good at this. So, <laughs> you're get my hands now. All right. Yeah. Uh, but, Dane, <laughs> thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Monday. See I'm gonna Corey, what else is on your mind, man? I'm going to respectfully give ownership to Dane. Uh, <laughs> well, what else is on your mind, Corey? You, um, you, you waited and you called in and wanted yeah, to chat. So let, we did not see. deserve to win this game. Yeah. 100%. But just the resiliency and adversity we faced to come back in the fourth quarter is amazing. Um, Ohio State was definitely a championship team. I feel like um, CJ Stroud, I feel like had a chip on her shoulder after the Michigan game. Really showed out. Um, yeah, that's really about it. I mean, do you like the matchup with TCU? Do you think that the do you, like I said coming into tonight that I thought the national championship was in Atlanta. I thought the winner of Georgia and Ohio State 
would beat the winner of TCU and Michigan, regardless of the yeah. combination. And I know how crazy that sounded, considering that Michigan had just beaten Ohio State. But one, I think it's tough to beat a team twice. Two, that'd be neutral site. So, and yeah, I know where the game was. I know all that. But I'm just yeah. saying that, like, that was still a four-point advantage for Michigan going into the fourth quarter and things just fell apart for Ohio State. My thing is that the Hypnotoads defense, they're a lot better than Ohio State's. That's my only concern. I think they play better together. I don't think they're better athletes. Really? TCU's defense is streaky. The first half of the year, their defense was awful. They yeah. gave up like 30-some points. Their defense was That's awful. That's the thing, though. They've had to come behind for the whole year. That's mostly on their defense. But once they play together in unison, they're, they're, they're tough to beat. I kind of think that Georgia in that game, in the national championship, I think Georgia may have to settle for not as many of explosive plays and more just like trudging down the field five yards at a time. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll be able to do that pretty effectively. Like To me, I, I look at it and I go to the offensive line and I say, if we win a title, it's going to be because of what you do today. But I have a good question for both of you. Would you, If you had the choice if you were Georgia, would you have rather played Michigan or TCU in the championship game? Because I think Michigan's a better team, but TCU is built in a way that they – they're built in a way that is better facing a Georgia team. Honestly. With the receivers and how the quarterback plays. I see TC. Well, no, Michigan. Because Michigan does not have Max Duggan. I would probably I, – I think TCU is that's so tough. Depth-wise, I think Michigan matches up better with Georgia than TCU. Like, I just think they have better athletes across the board. Um, Michigan played a pretty awful game today and was still yeah. in it at the end, you know? And so, like, I kind of look at it like Ohio State put an awful game against Michigan and then look what they did against Georgia today. I think it's more likely that Michigan would catch fire, hit a couple long runs or something. TCU is going to have to play a perfect game and still have Georgia make mistakes. What were y'all's thoughts on uh, that one pick that Stetson threw? I feel like it changed the whole game. The interception for Stetson? Yeah, when he mm-hmm. threw it to Kenny. Um. I thought Stetson had about four horrible decisions in this game, and other than that, he was stellar. Yeah. But the combination of all those things is going to end up being like, I don't know if you do grades, it's probably like a B to B minus performance overall. Other than fourth quarter is like beyond the charts, A, a plus. plus. Save and his game. numbers are A. His yeah. numbers are Yeah, his stats were really good. His stats were like similar to CJ Stroud's. The only thing different is that pick. He just didn't feel in command to me. Like he yeah. got sacked more because – he was kind of stepping up into the pocket and, and into coverage, and he hesitated more. Like it, it almost seemed like he was thinking. Yeah, he a double clutched a lot. Yeah, and I didn't see that much in the last I don't know six weeks with Stetson. Yeah, um, but man, I don't doubt Stetson anymore. He, he's a really good quarterback, and yeah. I don't care what his future holds. I don't care what scouts say about him. Like yeah. that guy's proven he's a stud when it comes to like winning at the highest levels of college football, and that's what I cover. So, so to me, he, he's a legend in the sport. My question is, what are y'all going to do in, like, the film review, you know? we got a couple things going Mr. on. Mr. Rollins. Well, Brent wanted to be on here. He's lost his voice because he's been um, battling a stomach flu, which somehow Ew. affected his voice for a second. So, one, I'm staying as far away from him as possible. But, two, that's going to delay our film. Don't lie. Just a little bit, but that's fine. Because uh, we're going to do probably double the work. We're going to review what Georgia did against Ohio State, obviously. Yeah. But we're also going to see what TCU did to – keep getting those big plays against Michigan. From my naked eye, it was a lot of 
uh, Michigan was aggressive in getting Duggan on the run, and he's pretty comfortable with that. And he hit the crosser checkdowns, and they turned into big, big plays. So to me, if I'm Georgia, I'm like, hang out in the pocket, dude, because our weakness right now at, at Georgia is pass rush because of depth. And so I I think you treat it a bit more – Ben, help me out here. I'm trying to think of a game where Georgia just kind of sat back and let them throw a little bit. Um, well, you had LSU where they were throwing. Probably yeah. some of that. I, I think the LSU game yeah. plan probably works some against TCU. Duggan's a good player. Um I don't know that Duggan's seen anything about like what he's about to see against Georgia. Because Michigan doesn't have elite – like, you know what's interesting about Michigan, who, who they played? I was looking at just the draft stuff. Like, okay, who are the top draft prospects? You see with Georgia, you have um, Jalen Carter, Broderick Jones. I know Ringo's up there even though he struggled, but they still think he's an elite talent. Christopher Smith then, will be drafted pretty high. Pretty high. And then you have Washington and Nolan Smith, who's hurt. Yeah. I looked at Michigan's. Their highest graded players, like a projected third-round pick in this year's draft. And it's not even Blake Court. It's Mozzie Smith to D-tackle. And then after that, like, that's their only projected guy to go day two. When they face Georgia, they have to face a lot of elite players who are going to be drafted high the next two years. Like double-digit guys who are going to be picked day one and day two, the next two drafts. Michigan, you only played probably Edwards – McCarthy's got everything right. Maybe they face like three of them. So it's a culture shock because the one team that's really physical that can run the ball in the Big 12 was Kansas State. Look at what Kansas State did, did to them. Kansas State honestly should have won twice. The first game, they were down to like their third or fourth string quarterback, and they barely won TCU. So that's also another thing with Georgia I noticed. When Georgia gets a lot of momentum early, they're very like they will blow you out. So if TCU goes down like 14 nothing or 10 nothing, they're done. screwed because and I understand a lot of people go, oh, TCU always comes back in one possession game. But Georgia doesn't let teams back in when they go up two possessions. When Georgia's up two possessions early, that game's over. So I think the key for Georgia is start off hot and they'll win. That they let Ohio State off of that that first offensive drive. When I saw they didn't score, I was like, this is gonna be a game at least, because Georgia Almost every game they've blown a team out, they start off red hot on offense. They were up 35-10 on LSU. Oregon, that wasn't a game. Tennessee, that wasn't even a game. Um, also, South Carolina is another team that was in the top 20. That wasn't even a game because they start off so hot. This is a game where it's like, oh, you're giving Ohio State some momentum early, and they're a team that can huck and shuck and throw the ball where they could score at any time. That's why it was an issue with, with, with Georgia today because they didn't start off as hot as they do in every other big game. What year is Marvin Harrison Jr.? Sophomore. He's a sophomore? Next yeah. year he can be in the draft, not this year. Yeah. So that's going to be scary next year. Yeah. I say we'll still be good next year. Yeah. The question it, is they, they have to replace their line and their quarterback. Yeah. It took me a while to put the pieces together that that was Marvin Harrison's son. <laughs> they look just alike yeah uh, I, it took me a minute and i saw his face and i was like yep it's it made me son. wonder is that the best father son like combo in the history of, of like if he goes on to be an nfl stud like he's a college he's, stud like he's projected is yeah. he bigger than him they're, yeah. they're similar he but looks like, an inch or two sol- or taller yeah. but marvin senior is a hall of famer and so yeah. like if, if marvin jr goes and dominates the nfl too I'm sitting here like that. That may be the best father-son combo. I, 
I don't know. I have to do some research. On I that. think he needs a good quarterback though if he's going to be good. That's the thing. Because Marvin Harrison had Peyton. I mean, I think one thing that's obvious is that there's more good receivers than ever, and fewer good defensive backs than ever. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So, hey, uh, Corey, uh, any final thoughts? Because Rimmer Bulldog hopped in here, and I want to give him an opportunity before we wrap. Yeah, and, I got you. Uh, and, you know, I have kids and have to go to sleep at some point. Our secondaries, <laughs> you know, they, they got to step up at some point. I don't know what it is, but they got to do something with their man coverage. Oh, they're going to go man. That's just what they do. Well, uh, when you give up four touchdowns in man coverage, it's not really that good of a man coverage. But I don't know if they have other options is what I'm saying. Like, when yeah. Georgia made the difference is when they said, screw this, we're still doing man, but Bullard is now blitzing. Yeah. What would y'all think about Bullard getting the defensive player MVP? Kind of weird, frankly. Like, yeah, considering he only got one sack. That was the, the whole game. I don't think anybody really deserved the defensive player MVP. Them. I, yeah. I guess – I know Roddy mentioned Michael, but – is that I mean, really a worthy performance? Like, Georgia didn't really have a defensive player worthy of that. So, yeah. I, I, I get why they gave it to Bullard. He had a big Dennis Johnson had a big sack. Yeah, I probably would have I'll see Jamon. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go. I'll let you do your thing. Appreciate you, Corey. You Thanks me for checking good in. New Year's. Same to you. Happy uh, 2023. Uh, Choppy, let's bring in uh, Rimmer Bulldog, and then we'll wrap with this. Remember, you're our last one for the night. I'm not bringing anyone else on because it's – 2.18 Eastern time, it's 2023, and Georgia just won a game that it probably shouldn't have won, uh, and I'm a little tipsy from my ASW distillery because it's really, really good stuff. Hello? What's up? How are you, Remember? <laughs> Doing good. How about uh, that game, man? Yeah, wow, what a crazy game. A lot of – most of this game, I thought we were going to lose this game. Um, I was prepared for us to lose. I was like, you know what? Ohio State came in motivated. Georgia just couldn't match them energy-wise. And credit to Ohio State, you know, they're probably going to beat TCU. And I gave up on the game in the third quarter. I was like, man, this is not the type of game that Georgia has won in the past, these shootout games when they play these elite offense. So I just thought, you know, we just ran into a elite quarterback who was hot, and we just couldn't match him point for point. I look up. We're down three. I'm like, what's okay? Let me keep watching the game. And to me, that key play us hold them to a field goal and not let them score a touchdown. Because if they score a touchdown, the game is over. Um, when they kicked the field goal, I was like, okay, we're going to go down and score and take the lead. Um, defense obviously struggled. You know, we were playing a great quarterback, great receivers. Sometimes your offense has to bail you out. Like, your defense isn't going to – that was one of the criticisms last year when we played Alabama the first time is what happens when your defense has an off game? Your offense bailed them out, you know, and they did. Stetson at times was bad. You know, the first half, I mean, he if he gives the ball off to Kenny McIntosh, that's a walking touchdown. And like Ben said, that changed the game. If Georgia goes up 7 nothing. I mean, Ohio State probably still comes back and scores, but it felt like that's what Ohio State needed because we get a three and out, we sack CJ Stroud, we go right down the field. Stetson should have gave it off to Kenny. He doesn't. We miss a field goal. Ohio State goes back down and scores a touchdown, and it seemed like they had that, okay, we can play with these guys. That was a huge play. 
Because if we score, it might be a different game. We might not be trailing the entire game. I don't even like Ben. I know you said you thought that was an RPO. I I thought it may just be like a straight up boot the whole time. Like it didn't seem like he had much interest in handing that off. So I I'd be curious to know if that was a legitimate yeah. RPO or if it was just Stetson's running and maybe he has a pass off of that. So in in that sense, of like that play looked the, broken. It looked like a broken play by how Stetson ran. It just looked yeah. like a broken play. Well, it was also to the weak side of the field too, so he didn't have a lot of room to do what he was trying to do. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think everyone saw that. Like, if that ball gets handed off, different ball game at that point. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just can't believe we won this game. Like, this still doesn't feel real. Like, I really was expecting us to lose this game, and the fact that we won, I think there's a chance if we play a plus game against TCU, this could be. Or game 2.0 again. I'm not saying it will, but TCU kind of reminds me a little bit of Oregon in the sense the way they play, they don't really have, they play a lot of with heart, but they don't have a lot of talent, you know, like Michigan does. So, and they're not, I know people are saying, well, they can look at Ohio State and LSU, but they don't have the type of weapons like Ohio State does on the outside that can stress Georgia's defense. Like Max Duggan. He's a good quarterback, but even today he did play that great. I mean, he had that one drag route for a touchdown. But other than that, he, they ran the ball down Michigan's throat, which was surprising. That would not be the case against Georgia's defense. I think tennis TCU, they're just a much better matchup offensively to go against the Ohio State was. I just think Georgia, like I said, they played a right plus game and they don't make mistakes. I think they can win this game by double digits easily so that's my point and um we're going to wrap it there because it's it's time for us to go and um (laughs) uh, your your connection is slightly robotic uh it was great when we started but it's slightly robotic now so um all right no it's all good like i hear what you're saying i got my two donning calls remember and dane can be credit for that i i texted in our little chat that we have i said dumas johnson on a twist in the middle and ballard on a corner blitz yeah I had my Don in moments today. It worked out. Uh, thanks to Rimmer for, for coming on. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Jermaine King, who is a longtime supporter of what we do here, too. I know he's a friend of Roddy's as well. Uh, and, and like, I feel like I know Jermaine for just through comments on here. He said, a Happy anniversary, Dane. Uh, New Year's Eve is my anniversary. Six years married now. Um, so thanks for that. That's really kind of you. And what a um, man, that was. I really can't believe that Georgia found a way to win that game, Ben. Because for for the longest time, it seemed like Georgia was outmanned defensively. They couldn't – like in the third quarter, it's like not only mm-hmm. can the defense not, not stop Ohio State, the offense can't get even a first down. And so oh, 100%. That, that's the combination of you're not only about to lose, you're about to lose by multiple possessions. I thought the only time in that game I thought Georgia was going to win was the first half. Only time I thought Georgia was or could win the game. Third quarter, I thought it was going to be an ass-whooping. I thought it was going to be an ass-whooping the way that was trending in the third quarter. I'm like, the offense has no momentum. That slip or that big play to Aaron Smith, that just changed everything because then you saw Stets on the sideline. You saw confidence. You saw Georgia go, we're just not going to let them get big plays, hold them in the red zone. That changed everything. That one play changed everything for Georgia because their confidence looked shot. 
And the third quarter, I thought that was an ass whooping. If you took that out, game was equal or Georgia might be slightly better. That third quarter made it feel feel like Ohio State was better today in Georgia. Well, and even looking ahead, and this this is my final comment, and you're welcome to to add on more. Um, We are now guaranteed a a really good storybook ending to a college football season and – when you look at like the meta narratives of, of champion and who got there and how they got there, like either Georgia wins back to back after a 40 year drought with Stetson Bennett at quarterback Mm -hmm. or TCU with a first year head coach and a quarterback that was once benched by that head coach has this magical run defeating everyone that they shouldn't have beaten either way. And I know Georgia fans are like partial to this. Either way, it's going to be like a wild story for the national championship and the 2022 college football season ending in, in 2023. I, I think Georgia should be heavily favored. I think Georgia's the better team. I think Georgia's going to have to play very poorly to lose that game against TCU. But if that happens, TCU just had one of the greatest miracle seasons in the I history. I think it's of the sports. greatest. I think it's the greatest. And you beat Michigan and Georgia to do it, who are the two best teams over the last two seasons. Yeah. And they were, I think, like 201 before the year to win the title. That's got to be the biggest odds, I think, probably ever. But I will say this is probably one of the best college football seasons in a long time. I think if you are – let's say you're not a fan of a team, this objectively is probably one of the best seasons ever because I thought that the the parity and the gap – in college football with a lot of teams closed and you had the moments like Alabama losing two times, Clemson kind of falling off. You saw some teams rise. We see Michigan now asserting themselves. TCU as a Cinderella shows you can go far as a Cinderella. So I think the season for college football and all the TV networks, ratings, everything, massive success. Get ready for the news story that's coming this week about some TCU fan that was drunk in Vegas and threw 25 bucks on the Horn Frogs to win the title on those odds that you said. And now they have the decision, do I hedge or do I let it ride and see if TCU can do the impossible? And my advice to those people, hedge. <laughs> Take your cash. Oh, I would do some like cheap bet of like, okay, if I bet this much, I'm guaranteed to make some money out of it either way. Just do that because then you're guaranteed to make money. It's cheap, but you take it. Yeah, something like that. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Thanks to Paul Meharry for always hosting this, riding the Bolsey at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Ben, thanks for hanging out uh, and doing this at the tail end for me because uh, here on the East Coast for both of us, it is now 2.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah, um, it's beautiful. Which is – but it's 2023, and like Georgia just had that game and that win, and probably when it probably shouldn't have. And Georgia should probably be sad and going home, and it's on its way to California. And that's how we end this. <laughs> uh, thanks for everybody for watching. If you are new to our UGA Sports YouTube channel, please subscribe. Uh, hit the like button, smash that. I think that's what they say smash that like button, destroy that like button. It's a lot of pejorative. That's terms. the cringe thing Paul always says. Okay, cool. Smash I'm- that like button. But you said it a lot like better. Me. Not as cringe as Paul. I want you to subscribe because we're the most popular Georgia Bulldogs YouTube channel, and I want to keep running up the score on the other people that are trying to catch up to us. And um, that's a really cool brag that we get to have, and that's why people like ASW Distillery 
come on and partner with us. Uh, they're really cool people, so go check them out too. Uh, for Ben Botman and Paul Meharry and Ronnie Debolsi and Trent Smallwood and all the people that joined us on this, thanks for uh, joining us. We will be back for Georgia's national championship run that will be on Monday, uh, a week from Monday, and then here we go. Georgia trying to defend its national championship. Thanks, everybody. Uh, for all the UGA sports team, I'm Dane Young.